another struggle, another obstacle, another problem. Ain't no telling where I'm about to go. Ain't no telling what I'm about to do. But I don't need you telling me what I need to do or who I need to be. Just let me be free. what I think it's what do you think what that's what's important what do you think if you want to know or duh I I I want to hear what you think I want to hear your opinions so go to anchor.fm forward slash norod that's n-o-r-r-o-d and leave me a message I'd love to hear you I'd love to hear from y'all man Good morning, jesters. Good morning, jestettes. Good morning, fellow jesterians. Good morning, Mr. Pickle. I love you. I miss you. I hope your Christmas was amazing. I hope everyone's Christmas was amazing. I hope all y'all got... Had, I, how do I want to put that? I hope everyone of you had a magical, amazing Christmas. Able to spend time with your family. Just enjoy soaking up the presence of your loved ones. It was a, it was a good time. I had a, I had an, I had a good Christmas. I had probably one of the best Christmases I've had in years. I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I spent time with shit my family, and I haven't done that a lot lately. <laughs> so hey. Merry Christmas, and now we're saving, now we're waiting up on the new year, baby. Ha 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 ha, fuck yes. Okay, so let's get back into our conversation with Dr. Carl Hart. And drug use spread grown-ups. Chasing liberty in the land of fear. Addictions to opioids is far less common than the scare stories suggest. We have been inundated with cherry-picked accounts that portray sympathetic white opioid addicts who develop addiction through no fault of their own. In reality, less than one-third of heroin users and less than one-tenth of people prescribed opioids for pain will become addicted. I absolutely agree with the observation of Stephen King, the noted ex-drug user and renowned writer that beating heroin is child's play compared to beating your childhood. Huh. Huh. Beating heroin is child's play compared to beating your childhood. <laughs> well, you see, everyone, take responsibility. Your life is all about your decisions you've made. So if you want different outcomes, you can't blame anybody but yourself. You should start making different decisions. So I, I overcoming your childhood. I, I, I don't. I don't. I guess I just. I don't understand that. Because I guess some people had bad childhood. I didn't have a poor, a bad childhood. But unfortunately, despite the fact that much of the reporting on opioids is bullshit, well, that's the media. The media is full of bullshit. The media coverage continues to be relentless, even though little, if any, factually accurate information about drugs is pre presented. It's because they make 
the, the media, the government, everybody, they make decisions based on emotions, not facts. And that's what's scary. Fucking, oh, Jesus. Because you never know what someone's decision is going to be if they're ruling on, if they're making decisions based on emotion. Facts, yeah, you can pick out the right, the correct fucking path to take. But not when you're dealing with fucking emotions. It's crazy. Okay, is presented. These attention-grabbing stories inform us that decent white folks are real victims of this tragedy. And an evil drug such as heroin, fentanyl, oxycodone, or some other opioid is to be blamed. If not the drug itself, then something else. Reckless doctors, degenerates, no non-white drug pushers, or big pharma is responsible for the suffering. No, it's all about taking fucking personal responsibility, man. These messages haven't been lost on politicians, law enforcement officials, or anyone else not living under a rock. That is one reason why public officials, especially from those states where opioids are increased amounts of funding for what? (laughs) Sorry, I skipped the line. Especially from those states where opioids are blamed for practically everything that ails them. Have pushed for increased amounts of funding for opioid addiction treatment. Even law enforcement agencies now advocate moving beyond the arrest first approach. And are connecting users to treatment. Well that's because now it's affecting white people. I mean that that's, that's fucking horrid. It's horrific. But that's the truth. See when it's affecting non-whites it doesn't matter. But when, and that's a fucked up fucking view, man. (sighs) But the seemingly humane approach, providing treatment to all users, is only part of the picture. Multiple states have passed legislation that enhances penalties for opioid infractions. Of course. (laughs) Makes sense, right? Fuck that. In some states... Prosecutors have begun leveling murder charges against drug dealers' friends. Oh, against drug dealers, friends, acquaintances, or anyone suspected of facilitating the acquisition of drugs by someone who died from an overdose. Of course, and it's not that person's fault that they were fucked, that they made a fucked up decision. No, you take goddamn personal responsibility, man. It's nobody else's fault for the decisions you make in your fucking life. You have no one else to blame but your fucking self. Stand up, take fucking responsibility, and you'll see how much better your fucking life gets. Stop fucking preaching, man. Jesus. (sighs) At the federal level, a convicted person will receive a 20-year mandatory minimum prison sentence for distribution of heroin or fentanyl, resulting in death or serious bodily injury. The widespread support for this by compassion Oh, the widespread support for this be compassionate with some and get tough on others approach never ceases to amaze me. Because you can't have different laws for different groups of fucking people. That's fucking ridiculous. Hypocrisy. Even popular journal journalist Malcolm Gladwell enthusiastically backed the course of action for dealing with the opioid situation. In a recent New Yorker piece, he wrote, Manufacturers and distributors of illegal opioids belong in prison. 
and users belong in drug treatment programs. Gladwell falls right into the simple-minded trap of the drug dealer. Uh, I'm sorry. Gladwell falls right into the simple-minded trap of drug dealer bad and drug user good. Dichotomy. I wonder if Gladwell believes anyone who drinks alcohol belongs in treatment. Does he think the occasional marijuana smoker should seek treatment as well? In a real sense, the new get-tough-on-opioids policies have been fueled by the mistaken perception that most illegal opioid dealers are black or Latino. Consider the remarks made by then-Maine Governor Paul LePage at a town hall forum in 2016. The governor reassured attendees that his beef was not with Mainers who merely take drugs. Bear in mind that Maine is the whitest state in the Union. His outrage, LePage said, was aimed squarely at out-of-state drug dealers. Guys with the name D-Money, Smoothie, Shifty, they come from Connecticut and New York. They come up here and they sell their heroin. They go back home. But LePage warned before these packs of mythical drug pushers head home, they usually impregnate a young white girl. What the fuck? In this day and age, in this motherfucking day and... Well, you know what it is? It's because people... That's just the way we're fucking going. It's okay. It's normal to make fucking accusations based on emotions. There's no fucking facts. Jesus. Be a fucking real fucking person and acknowledge what the fuck is really going on, man. Okay, wow. That was... <laughs> okay. Now, where were we? Okay, wow. Oh, wow. This is America. Yeah, this is fucking America. In the 21st century... What the fuck? His words, not mine. This is America in the 21st century. What the fuck, man? I don't fucking understand why people are so goddamn just stupid. What other fucking word is there? Like, I, I use that word a lot, but I can't think of another word to fucking describe this bullshit. Today, most Americans, even those who share LePage's views, are not so stupid as to state these views aloud at a public gathering. Still, LePage's comments replete with racial paranoia and conden con condescension Jesus, toward the white... LePage's comments replete with racial paranoia and condescension toward, the white, toward white women are not just sinisterly similar to the scare tactics used over a century ago. They also influenced decisions on drug policy and enforcement. Even now, recent federal data back, th back this claim. More than 80% of those convicted of heroin trafficking are black or Latino, even though most heroin sellers are fucking white. It's just... <sighs> See, I feel out of place because... I'm a white man talking about this bullshit, but this is 100% bullshit. I, what the fuck, man? In the 21st fucking century. 22nd? We're in the, I think they were in the 22nd. Fuck, no. This is the 20. Yeah, this is the 21st century. Is it, though? It's the 20th. Because the first year 
Okay, you know what? Fuck it. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to confuse myself. The Legend of Heroin. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Legend of Heroic White People. The fuck is wrong with you, dude? The Legend of Heroic White Public Officials who vowed to protect white women from drug-crazed black men is as old as the country itself. With each successive generation, the story is modified to accommodate the current reviled drug. But make no mistake about it, this legend is built on the dead and incarcerated bodies of countless black men. Baldwin once wrote, with chilling precision, We made a legend out of a massacre. You're goddamn right you did. The whole fucking drug war is a goddamn racist fucking bullshit. And that it's all just race-driven hate. And it's fucking disgusting, man. Returning to our classroom discussion, I reminded my students that whenever the public is gripped with fear, even if it's trumped up, the government responds by infringing upon fundamental liberties. Think about 9-11 and the Patriot Act. Of course, necessity is the excuse given for each infringement. It doesn't matter whether it's restricting free speech, banning gun ownership, or prohibiting heroin use. And let's not deceive ourselves. There's a whole lot of money made on publicizing the crisis that precipitated public fear as well as on enforcing the subsequent restrictions. A population in fear is very easily controlled. Uh, stories about the opioid crisis sell everything from newspapers to documentary films. And without drug law violators to punish, a tremendous number of people would be unemployed. If there isn't vigorous and continuous resistance to government intrusion on freedom, the rights guaranteed by our noble founding documents will be steadily eroded. I reminded my students that it is their responsibility to fight back each day for these rights. If they don't, we will lose them. The corrections officers' abrupt loud knock on the thick glass window signaled the end of our class period. My students stoically prepared to go back to being inmates, and I prepared to leave, so I did every Friday night, or as I did every Friday night, with the same sinking feeling that our warehousing of millions of Americans behind bars is simply vicious. It is. On my 15-minute silent walk from the prison to the Ossining Metro North train station, I pondered the same question I did the previous week. Is it not cruel to teach my incarcerated students lofty ideals, knowing as I do that such ideals don't apply to their circum their current their current address, especially if this is the final address? Is it not cruel to link these students to a world that is not available to them on the inside or outside? Am I not merely an accomplice to our cold-hearted system of justice that preys on the poor and the inconvenient? Am I just another liberal checking the community service box to feel better about myself like so of many of the other volunteers I've come across? On the train ride home, the mood was festive. 
due to the many young, alcohol-intoxicated passengers headed into the city for a night of partying. Some were so kind as to offer me a drink. That's mighty American of you, I said, but I must decline because it's not my drug of choice. But equally important, my mind still troubled, ruminating on my students and our discussion. As usual, these distressing thoughts stayed with me for several days, disrupting my sleep and depressing my mood. Opioids, such as heroin, help to lessen the anguish. They also come with the added benefit of producing blissfulness. It angers me that I can't enjoy these opioids as freely as my fellow passengers enjoyed their alcohol. Prohibiting one's pursuit of pleasure for baseless reasons is wrong and decidedly un-American. You're goddamn right, buddy. I fucking love you, doctor. Dr. Carl Hart, you're the fucking man. And we're going to leave it right there until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. Shit. I didn't fucking start my vaporizer. So let's go ahead and do that now. And we'll just... God damn you. We will just discuss... Life, man. And just taking responsibility. And making decisions based on facts, not emotion. Because that, that's what differentiates you from a goddamn animal. From a goddamn monkey. You have the ability to look at facts and to think critically. Not just act on emotion. Apes, monkeys, animal, animals don't look at facts. They act on emotion. Are you a fucking animal? Well, technically, I guess. But... <laughs> idiot <coughs> goodness coffee I honestly cannot believe that I did not fucking remember to turn on my goddamn vaporizer but it's okay we'll just sit here and we'll chat I'm gonna roll up a I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a cigarette that's what I'm gonna do I am going to touch my pee pee well, that was, whoa, that was a little much there, buddy. Maybe you should not be saying things like that. But I did. Well, I know, but people don't need to know that you're touching your pee-pee. That's fucking disgusting, man. <laughs> Plus, it's cold. Yeah, but they don't know it's cold. They think, they think that you're just warm and just comfy in an office. It, listen, listen, buddy. We don't need to get all behind the scenes with this. We're just going to sit here and we're going to talk about life. Making decisions based on goddamn facts. Look at the facts, man. Like with this fucking, uh... Ivermectin for, like, fucking COVID. Look at the facts of fucking COVID, man. And then tell me. Tell me. Let's go over it. These shots quote-unquote vaccines received an emergency use status at the beginning. I don't know if they still have that status or not. But they received an emergency use uh, status at the beginning. To achieve this emergency use status, there can be no other treatments 
I mean, if there's another treatment, you can't get this emergency use status. And there were other treatments. Hydroxychloroquine, monocolloidal antibodies, uh, ivermectin. They all worked successfully in treating this uh, COVID-19. COVID-19, baby. Oh. So that, this whole vaccine was a lie. Facts. It was just, it was a, a decision made based on emotion. People were scared. And so, oh no, people might, you might get die. Might, oh, Jesus Christ. People might get sick and people might die. So we need to get this vaccine because we need to nerf the fucking world. We, people can't learn from their goddamn mistakes if you fucking just uh, accommodate them. I mean, if you spent your entire life eating, getting fat, not caring about your health, well, then that's on you. You have nobody else to blame but yourself. You know it. <laughs> Outbreak. Oh, 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 God damn. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. That's how we do it, baby. Oh, shit, but... So, fucking COVID. It's all fucking lie. Based, they're making decisions based on your God, based on emotions, because they want to keep you in fear. Because if you're in fear, you are easily controlled, and you'll you'll pay money to get saved. <laughs> now I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> At the beginning, I I didn't know. I was uh, I was a little bit nervous about what was going on. But then I saw. Then I opened my fucking eyes. I read. I didn't just listen to what the fucking media was telling me. Because the media is full of fucking liars. Who just want to keep you in a state of perpetual fear. So they can control you and push you whichever fucking way they want. But... If you stand up and say, I don't fucking believe you, man. <clears throat> because what you're saying doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Outbreak. <clears throat> oh, God. I love Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah. Let's dance, Mary. Shut up. Don't even shut up. Shut up, <laughs> asshole. But, uh, I, mm, it's okay. It's okay. Because what I think, what I fucking think, it's not really important what I think. It's what do you think. What That's what's important. What do you think? If you want to know, or duh. I, I, I want to hear what you think. I want to hear your opinions. So go to anchor.fm forward slash Norod, that's N-O-R-R-O-D, and leave me a message. I'd love to hear you. I'd love to hear it from y'all, man. Outbreak! Outbreak! Fuck yeah, fuck yeah! Ha <laughs> God damn. You laugh a lot. Well, I'm a fucking jester. It's what the fuck I do. I enjoy life, man. Live, laugh, love, man.
<laughs> Fuck yes. Oh, you guys are awesome. I love every last one of you, man. Thank you. Thank you for getting high with the jester, man. We love it. We love getting high. That's what we do. We get high and we talk shit about these fuckers that are trying to run your life. I'm not going to let them run my fucking life. Now, I'm sure there'll be there'll be a, a inconvenience. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> because what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to register the Gestures Promoting Company as a religion, man. The Jester's religion, where we just, we get high, we commiserate, and we fucking love each other, man. And we enjoy each other's company. And we have fun. We love life. That's why we laugh. Because if you're not laughing, you're not living, baby. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. So now, let's dive into the UFC. And it still is the UFC because <laughs> on the app <laughs> or on the podcast page, it is still up first. So it is still the UFC. It's still the up first commentary. Fuck yeah! <laughs> See what kind of bull spit these mother truckers are trying to sell us today. I'm just a fucking pothead. <laughs> As dramatically as Omicron spread in December, next month may be worse. Oh, wow. This month, the number of coronavirus cases in the U.S. climbed sharply, reaching 200,000 per day. Oh, my goodness. One scenario We're all going to die because of Omicron variants. Shut up. Oh, man. As they said from the jump, since... This Omicron virus variant was uh, recognized that it's not as it's nowhere near as vicious as the original, and the original wasn't even that vicious. I mean, the original killed point zero zero three percent of the people who caught it. So again, this makes zero fucking sense. Well, no, that's it, it makes sense because they want to keep you in fear. They want to keep you guessing. Oh no, is this is this really going to hurt me? No, it's not going to fucking hurt you. They're fucking lying to you. They're leading you down a fucking path. And they're feeding you bullshit. That's what the fuck they do. Omicron is not spreading the same way or at least the same rate everywhere. Where are the hottest of the hotspots? In your mom's yes, vagina? D.C., New York City, Chicago, San Francisco, and Seattle monkey? are all seeing fast record-breaking surges. For instance, record-breaking surges. People are getting sick with a fucking cold. People are getting the fucking cold. Go fuck yourself. Jesus, this is ridiculous dog shit. Are walking around with COVID right now and don't even realize it. So oh, and that is so scary. That is so scary. <laughs> Did you see how she fucking? They're walking around with the Omicron and they don't even know it. Oh my god. But we've learned that if you're if you're asymptomatic, you don't spread it. That's what we've learned. We've the facts. We've we. We've gleaned from this fucking mess. 
So if you're walking around with Omicron and you don't even know you have it, good! Because you're not fucking spreading it. And that's what these motherfuckers want you to think. Almost a near certainty, about a 90% chance that one of them has COVID. So that's a little scary. Miami. Uh, no, it's not scary, you dumbass. Why is it scary? As a resident of Washington, D.C., I can kind of tell this anecdotally. I'm surrounded by people, our know, family and friends. We're just getting constant reports of positive tests or people who are having to quarantine because of someone positive near them. There's a lot more of that than in the past. Oh, Jesus but Christ. Because people are fucking... ...positive tests and serious cases, hospitalizations. What's happening with them? Yeah, so in some cities, including New York, Washington, D.C., and Chicago, hospitalization rates are already rising, and that's expected to continue. But so far, hospitalizations aren't rising as quickly as cases. Well, you... Walker, <laughs> that that's, that's good. That's estimate. fucking good. With Delta, they would have seen two to three times more hospitalizations at this point than they're having with Omicron. Why is that the case? Yeah, so right now it looks like... Well, we have, we've already fucking gone over this. It's because they said it's not as severe. ...partly immune to SARS-CoV-2, either through vaccinations or prior infections. The vaccine doesn't stop an infection... You can't get COVID twice. You cannot get it twice. So go fuck yourself with this bullshit. Second, you know, there's growing evidence that Omicron might cause slightly less severe disease than the Delta variant. This is funny. Robert Walker, this is just UCSF, says it's not much less severe, perhaps 10 to 20 percent, so uh, a modest reduction. 10 to 20 percent from 5 percent. No vaccination. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. No prior infection or your prior infection was a year and a half ago and it was mild. You're not out of the woods. I mean, there is a reasonable chance that you will get very sick with Omicron. So not true. Not fucking true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> As we fucking heard, we've learned you cannot get COVID fucking twice. No matter what the fucking variant is. So stop fucking telling these fucking lies because you're. Mm. Shot yeah, no, 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 no. Keep, keep telling your lies. Keep trying to get people to go your fucking way, and then when they see that you're fucking, you been fucking lying to them, it just make, it'll make your downfall that much sweeter. May backfire and cause the immune system to sort of go to sleep or start ignoring SARS CoV 2. Uh, good reason to proceed cautiously. Bullshizer! They're selling you. This is all just bullshit, man. Hey there, fellow Jesterians. Let me tell you about a sponsor of ours that is now part of the Jester family. Shine On Botanicals is one of the purest CBD distillate on the market. We have tinctures, roll-ons, vapes, gummies. We also have pet tinctures. Money-back guarantee if you find a better price. Email thepromotingjester at gmail.com put shine on the subject line and list what you would like to purchase by the end of the week you will receive an invoice easy peasy now let's get back to the ufc and fight against that bullshit propaganda many people who went ahead with family gatherings this month found they had trouble getting there yeah, airlines have canceled many flights, stranding thousands of people at airports. Others got a call in time to stay at home. Some airlines blame staffing shortages caused by the Omicron variant and winter weather storms. And by your eyes. Good morning. 
Traveling woes. This has got to be a big travel day for a lot of people after a holiday weekend. How's it looking? It's looking a little bit better than it did over the weekend. We had over 2,000 cancellations since Christmas Eve, which is, of course, not welcome news. So <sighs> traveling. Who cares? Um, but it is getting a little bit better. Um, anyone it's, traveling? It's all fucking because of your lies, because sure of the fucking lies of this whole off. fucking um, scandemic. I mean, that's... One crew down with so go fuck yourself. You're, you're causing all this break. bullshit. That, that's what you like, though. That's what you want. You like chaos and disruption. got the word more than a day in advance. Plenty of time not to arrive at the airport. To because that causes that fear. Now? You yeah, may even... Like oh, no, are we going to be able to get there? It's still a little bit of fear, so they, they listen. That you're easily controlled. They believe you when they're scared. It's fucking... Uh, and having disgusting that you use agents, it ticket agents and so forth it's like you know what they used to do in the 90s um now a lot of us most of us have smartphones they want to let people know as soon as, as as possible so they don't have those issues at the airport you know when i first started hearing about these cancellations it seemed fairly simple to me there have been more positive tests among airline crews and so they more positive yeah false so positives because everything's really a fucking covid test what's going on you here? dumb sons of bitches well i, I mean omicron is but the cases are going up. We've seen, you know, every industry from Broadway to restaurants get hit with this. I want to know how they tell staffing issues there. the difference and, between and the two, the variants, man. I mean, they're not, they're not so quickly, so quickly. Uh, they they already know it's a fucking Omicron or it's a Delta variant. I wonder what the next variant's going to be. Now, <laughs> We're going to go through the entire Greek Albert, uh, alphabet. Because that sidelines crews for a long time. And this is Which, what happens after uh, Omega? Well, let's talk about trying to get every dollar possible. I think you've done some reporting on hmm. this. Uh, Americans yeah, that's what they're fucking... The U.S. government bailed out the airline. Uh, this is just transfer of wealth, man. You see, they're trying to get every dollar they can out of motherfuckers who are scared. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta do the. No, fuck you, man. Live your fucking life. Don't worry what these motherfuckers are telling you because none of it's goddamn true. Well, very little of it, very little of it is true. The does and the us and the ands maybe are true, but. <laughs> They've received tens of billions of dollars in subsidies, and the idea of those subsidies, like many subsidies across the broader economy, was that airlines should keep people employed. Airlines should keep people on the payroll. You would think that if they were keeping people on the payroll all this time, they would then be available in an emergency like this, but that doesn't seem to be what the airlines have done. Well, they were not allowed to lay anybody off uh, for taking that more than $50 billion in, in taxpayer payroll money. Um, but what they did do is encourage a lot of employees to take buyouts. <laughs> um, they had lost tens of thousands of workers through those voluntary measures, leaves of absence, and then... Once the vaccination wave came around in the spring and summer and people started traveling again, airlines had a lot of trouble ramping up. Um, and some of their schedules were too ambitious. And we saw cancellations. Fuck the goddamn airlines, airline man. They're greedy. They're just all a bunch of greedy motherfuckers, man. That's the whole fucking thing. Everybody's greedy. I don't know why. Well, because they're selfish. They're narcissists. They want their fucking money. Well, fuck them, man. There's more important things than fucking money. What happens when you find out you can't fucking eat money? 
Um, but they Learn some fucking some skills, man. Uh, for buyout packages and so forth. Uh, and now they're trying to hire back. They're hiring pilots as quickly as they can, sometimes offering pretty uh, rich signing bonuses <coughs> so they can have pilots and, and not have the issue that they're having now. Um, but Are you going to mandate those pilots still. are vaccinated? Joseph of CNBC, <laughs> thanks so much. Have the shot. Seventy-one degrees and cloudy is an amazing little head shop right in the heart of Lakewood, New York. Or you can find them at seven ten and cloudy dot com, where you can use code word S W E D ten save ten percent on your order. They have all your smoking deals on your smoking accessories. Check out seven ten and cloudy dot com or fifty Chautauqua Avenue in Lakewood, New York. Now let's get back to the show. South Africans are remembering Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who became a world figure for his opposition to apartheid. The Nobel Prize winner was 90 when he died yesterday in Cape Town. He was an Anglican priest and used his pulpit to push for the end of apartheid. But he also used his powerful voice and his laugh to combat injustice around the world. Here's what he said in 1994 when he got to vote in South Africa's first free election of his lifetime at the age of 62. I want to sing, I want to cry, I want to laugh everything together and jump and dance. Mm. Yeah, Jay you've been working all your life for something and it finally comes to fruition. Hi, Steve. Thanks man, for having that's, me that's on. That's got to be the greatest fucking day of your life, man. How the reputation that he gained in the 1980s through his opposition to apartheid? Well, you know, uh, Tutu always spoke truth to power, uh, not only during the years of apartheid, in fact, but since South Africa's democratic transition in about to be apartheid here with the vaxxed and unvaxxed. He was never afraid to People who take the shot and people who don't take the shot. Even Nelson Mandela. Fuck that. Because and people who take the shot think they're so much better. But the they're just the rainbow nation. a lot less and intelligent. Sure that South Africa lived up to the high ideals enshrined in what is uh, one of the world's most progressive constitutions. And when you say rainbow nation, of course, what you're saying is you're embracing a multiracial republic. So how are people in that republic <laughs> responding to the news of his death at 90 and, of course, responding to reflecting on his life? Well, I was out and about in the city of Cape Town yesterday after the news of his death broke and spoke to South Africans of all races. And people are very saddened, Steve, but ultimately grateful for Tutu's contribution to democracy here. But a common refrain from people was the idea that South Africa has lost its moral compass and people wonder who will be a thorn in the side of corrupt politicians now. I spoke to one man, Brent Goliath, yesterday, a 44-year-old who had come with his wife to place some flowers at the cathedral where uh, Tutu uh, used to work. And while we were speaking, he just broke down in tears. He said he'd been an altar boy at the Anglican Church for many years and had actually met with Desmond Tutu uh, several times. It was quite moving. Desmond Tutu was a great man. I was very emotional this morning when I passed away. I thank God. He, he, he had a good life. Been for us. Mm. He, he did I'm well in his life. This feeling must be multiplied Which by thousands, makes me sad for these fuckers here. At MPR, they don't, they're doing shit with their life, but the fucking. Table mountain, no, they're not doing anything good with their lives, that's for goddamn sure. Lit up in purple at night to honor the Archbishop, and the cathedral bells will be rung daily. 
at uh, 12 midday for about 10 minutes. But, um, you know, because of COVID regulations, attendance at the actual funeral, which is being held on Saturday, on the 1st of January, the church is advising people to watch from home and also to go to I'd different say, local you. dioceses. We'll show him respect. He deserves it. Events, uh, fucking deserves it. At the main cathedral, where Tutu worked for many years in Cape Town, funeral Look attendance will be limited laws to and about lies. 100 people. Definitely not NPR. Um, absolutely, that's been a common refrain in the media here and just on the street. And I asked people out mourning, and they couldn't really think of one name um, who will step in. This old guard of leaders, um, the generation of Mandela. Uh, of uh, Walter Suzulu, of Oliver Tambo. Uh, these people are are dying, and we can't really think of anybody in the in new generation to replace them. Um, but one man I spoke to outside the cathedral, Aki Khan, put it this because way. Because nobody, uh, no, everybody's been thinking about themselves. Nobody wants, nobody cares about what's going on around. As long as they're surviving, that's all that matters. No, you gotta think of the fucking, your fucking community, man. You can't be selfish. You gotta be generous. You gotta be willing to help. You gotta be willing to do what others aren't. South Africa, thanks so much. That is the UFC for Monday. December 27th. These mother truckers, man. They're just trucking everything up. That was, that was, that's sad that Desmond Tutu died. But he was a good man. He, he had good values. He, he wasn't selfish. He wanted to see the rise, the end of apartheid. The, the as you the lifting up of the people that were fucking walked upon, tread upon all their fucking life. This guy stood up for it. And he made shit fucking happen. Now, these fuckers here at NPR, they're just the opposite. They're making shit happen, but in the wrong way. They're continuing the momentum of this fucking giant corruption. That we got that we have going on in our country. They're just continuing the momentum. They're just keeping it going. Giving it as push after push after push. Keeping everybody in fear. Why? Because you're easily controlled when you're in fear. All you have to do is stand up and say, fuck you, I don't believe you. You're fucking lying to me. None of none of the fucking words you're saying are fucking true. So who the fuck cares what the fuck you're saying to me, man? Cause you're just putting spin on it, putting lies out there, misleading the fucking public, man. I was watching the Vice News last night. They did a thing on fucking uh, Corona, and they were all talking about ivermectin and how it's. An, and it, I caught they they the 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 guy who was interviewing said he the guy who was on a horse farm and uh, he had some uh, horse dewormer. He's like, that that's ivermectin, right? And he's like, yeah, at 1.25% or something. He's like, so that's ivermectin. No, it's not fucking. It's ivermectin and other shit, you dumb son of a bitch. Fucking point that shit out. Don't fucking just let that go because you're a goddamn 
asshole cunt who can't fucking think? Jesus fucking Christ. He's like, yeah, it's 1.25% ivermectin. What about the other shit? You dumb fucking dick. If only 1.25% of the product is ivermectin, what is the other shit in there? I, so Go fuck yourself with your goddamn misleading bullshit. Oh my fucking God, you're ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Ooh, but you know it's not ridiculous. <laughs> you have a Roku? If you do, you should add channel 716. That's C-H-A-N-N-E-L space 716. It's full of classic films and local news now with loads and loads of original content on the way. Downloading channel 716 to your Roku is going to be one of the best decisions you've made today. Let's get back to the show. Let's check in on Mr. Ben, shall we? Let's see what Space Buzz is going to be for Monday, December 27th, 2021. Good morning, Mr. Ben. Good morning, folks. We've got outstanding articles for you today. Climate and catastrophism. The third episode of The Big Burb went up last night, and we'll break it all down starting with our star at spaceweathernews.com. We find the last 24 hours on the sun was not quiet, but also not tremendously eruptive. Small CMEs and surface surges as the dark coronal holes turn through, and we continue to only have smaller solar flares. In the solar wind, just this morning we took a little love tap of a CME, a faint edge of a cloud erupted days earlier, and while we can notice the sharpness of the telemetry change during the impact, that impact power was weaker than most coronal hole streams, and geomagnetism is still calm. We continue monitoring the sunspots, which are set up so peacefully spread in their magnetism, they're basically gentle giants traversing the sun right now. We will keep watching them to make sure. And we're off to another from the sun, but this time to a desperately underserved region for the subfield of science. They found solar control of nearly all meteorological parameters, with a 90% control over the precipitation patterns. Up next... It's a response to the response paper to the great Cooper et al. work earlier this year. They have had two detractors, and this is their response to the second. It's a demonstration of the detractor's failure to see the bigger picture while pieces are missing, but most importantly, the importance of Earth's magnetic field changes to the climate, evolution, and disaster cycle of Earth. Most of you have now seen the new disaster documentary, a place where the recognition of the importance of Earth's field is not missed. Over 100,000 of you watched the documentary over the Christmas weekend, and here on Monday, we get the first edition that will kick off the next year's playlist. Folks, this team is mostly from NASA, but Harvard, DUT, Caltech, and Southwest Research Institute are on board as well. When three of the observers in this author list emailed me after the documentary on Saturday... It was them wanting to see this in front of your eyes. FYI, two of those folks on your side are from NASA. Now please immediately pull the planetary changes from your memory banks because they confirmed our suspicions about Jupiter. Now, we don't have to look at its electron radio signal and guess its changing resulted from a magnetic field change. Juno's five short years of Jupiter are now enough to say its secular variation is underway as well. Jupiter's field is shifting officially and fast enough to be spotted in only a five-year satellite mission 
Folks, even when gold appears in journals I don't usually check, our friends in high places are letting us know where the breadcrumbs are, and I'll take a moment to thank them greatly for their anonymous battle. Lastly, folks, go check out the Big Burb Channel's Episode 3. We're grinding ahead on the build, discussing fun things we're going to do with it, and we had some fun between ourselves as well. All links are below the video, and when you're sharing that documentary, make sure you add in that Jupiter bombshell as well. We greatly appreciate your support. We've got wind maps and shots of our star to close. Subscribe, and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Right here, but right now at 6 a.m. in the new Valley of the Sun. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. <clears throat> Good shit, Mr. Ben. Good shit. Remember to subscribe to YouTube. <laughs> to I can't fucking talk today. Remember to subscribe to Suspicious Observers on YouTube. Get full impact those videos and stay up to date to what's popping off cosmologically, buddy. Quote of the day. Shine on. You never know who needs you. Positive energy is contagious fuck yeah be positive spread spread happiness man just be happy and just shine be you be the bright enthusiastic you fuck yes the gesture revolution if you ain't laughing you ain't living fuck yeah Asshole. <laughs> to be a better version of yourself, smoke the weed every day and just make shit happen.